The Braves win the first one, but how much do they lose? A lot of things going on that, I mean, only don't happen, but I mean, just happy we came out with the win and, and got past all that. From the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, this is the Braves Report presented by Kroger, the podcast that takes you inside the clubhouse and gives you the stories behind the score on opening day. I'm Jay Black with our AJC Braves beat reporter Justin Toscano and our columnist Michael Cunningham who are at Nationals Park in D.C. And uh, Justin, the, the opening day losing streak is over. The Braves finally get the first one for the first time in five years. Yeah, it was certainly an eventful day. I mean, the Braves won a game, but they lost Max Fried for an unspecified period of time. He's likely to go on the injured list. Um, and the day started with an Orlando RC extension. Came with the pomp and circumstance, you know, throughout the day of opening day. Max Fried gets hurt, but the Braves do pull out a win. So there's just a ton here. <laughs> and as we were watching it, we were it was all pretty jumbled. Yeah, very eventful day. Kind of a weird day. It was uh, cold and windy, but I think it's a good win for the Braves under the circumstance. You're thinking Max Fried's going to go six, seven innings, and he doesn't. Suddenly you're putting uh, levers in there who are pretty – deep in the pen and uh they got the job done so uh other than freeze injury a good day all right coming up max freed will explain his injury and uh, will it require an il stint plus all the good stuff that happened on opening day and why the braves have decided to lock up that shortstop this is your first time listening to the show welcome aboard and please make sure you follow us on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcast this is the braves report from the atlanta journal constitution presented by kroger and it's truly the most wonderful time of the year we've got opening day we've got a little basketball tournament that wraps up this week we got a little golf tournament next weekend plus it's easter and kroger has sweet deals for easter to make it special for your peeps kroger's got savings on everything you need to fill out your easter basket from candy to easter dyeing kits toys and more visit your local kroger store or go to kroger.com easter that's kroger.com easter ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. All right, so let's start with the highlights. And, you know, there's nothing better than opening day for a baseball fan and a baseball player, especially guys to a new team like Sam Hilliard. The feeling's just, like, pure excitement. Uh, it kind of takes you back to when you were a kid going to opening day. I would always, like, get out of school to go to opening day. And veterans like Kevin Pillar. Does this day still feel different to you? Yeah, of course. I mean, um, especially after not, you know, being on the line for opening day last year, having to go to AAA, like, I don't take it for granted. And manager Brian Snicker. Snit, what are those sights and sounds that you associate with opening day? No, there is. There's more feelings than sights yeah. and sounds, I think. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've never thought about it, quite honestly. Justin, we'll turn it around on you. Uh, what feelings do you get when you walk in there for opening day? Yeah, it's pure excitement. Um, you feel the optimism in the air because everybody starts zero and zero. Everybody's leveled. The standings are even at this point. Um, and there's just... A renewed sense of optimism, no matter how your offseason went, no matter how spring training went, this is when it really starts to count. It feels akin to a national holiday or something like it should be because, yeah, I remember, you know, in school, like opening day, you'd, you'd go through school and want to watch the games and it's just, it just felt different. Um, and so, yeah, nowadays it's it comes with the pomp and circumstance and 
us baseball beat writers, we cover 162 games. Uh, it's not like football, so it's you know it's not like every one of them can make or break your season. Uh, you don't have the type of tradition or pomp and circumstance every single game like you do college football or even the NFL or sometimes the NBA. So you kind of feel that a little more on opening day. It's really fun. Michael, how many opening days is this for you now? Oh, man, I done lost count. With the Braves, I'm going to say at least six. I think I've mentioned before on here that spring training training usually melts what's my usually my cynicism. <laughs> it kind of <laughs> makes me feel a bit optimistic. It's the same way with opening day, uh, like Justin said, like everybody's even. Everything still could go right, and nothing has gone wrong. So uh, overall, a uh, good positive experience. Opening day for me is bunting. You know, you don't see the patriotic bunting really anywhere in life except for a small-town 4th of July parade and a big day at a baseball field. That's right. Good call. All right, now, I, I, I like to get the bad news out of the way first. Let's go ahead and uh, deal with the Max Freed situation. And uh, here's Max on a strained left hamstring. I haven't heard anything as far as IL or not. Um, you know, obviously, it's still pretty fresh. I felt it. You know, trying to go on the running over and covering first base. And, uh, yeah, just and at that point, Georgia said that we didn't want to take any take any chances, especially, you know, with the weather being a little chillier today. Um, but, yeah, it's just kind of right now it's very much just see how I feel in the next coming days. Did you feel it when you pivoted to get off the mound or when you were actually off the mound running over? Uh, when I was off the mound running. Is it to not push it so you are good for the long haul? Uh, you know, it's obviously frustrating. You want to start off on a good foot and get a good rhythm going. Uh, but, yeah, you, you obviously don't want to push it too early because there's still, you know, the entire season left. So uh, trying to find that happy medium of, you know, pushing it to get back and get into a rhythm to help this club out, but also not push it too far where you know you miss more time all right here's snit's perspective yeah it's strained it's hamstring it's probably going you know might more than likely be a dl we don't have to do anything till his next start so um we'll just treat him up again with the off day tomorrow come in get a lot of treatment and um <clears throat> but you know we haven't like i say officially done it yet but it, it's he'll definitely miss a start or you know then we'll just see how concerning is this to see to your ace on, on opening well, day? I mean, this happens. Happen. You know, hey, you don't want to see it happen. Um, but if it's going to, I mean, I'd rather earlier than later, that's for sure. And, um, you, and we'll, you know, we'll just make sure we get him right. Justin, this is disappointing for so many reasons, uh, mainly because it looked like Max was already right. Yeah, um, he looked good over three and a third. He gave up a run. He was he'd given up four hits, but two of those, as we saw, were balls that should have been caught um, a run that probably shouldn't have scored. Maybe if there's a better throw there from Michael Harris, who can make that throw uh, that hit the mound and skidded off. It really seemed like Max was destined for a lengthy, terrific opening day start, you know, representative of an ace. Uh, and that's why it was so disappointing. And then you, that's not even looking to the future. Uh, hamstrings can be kind of, you know, here and there, you don't know. They're unpredictable. But Max did say that it's nothing bad, nothing crazy. It's comparable to minor hamstring ailments he's experienced in the past, most notably uh, in 2021. So going forward, we'll see how they handle this. Um, and I guess, Jay, like, we can kind of, after, I guess, Michael dishes on this, because I want his take, but 
we'll, we'll kind of look ahead to what might be ahead for the Braves and what they could do. But, I mean, Michael, you you look at this, and we, we always say that you can never have too much pitching. What kind of a bind does this put the Braves in early on? Um, I think I want to say that it puts them in a, in a tough bind, but, man, this is the Braves. It seems like their pitching just always works out. Even even last year, I wrote it's today in my column how – like Strider wasn't even really kind of on the radar last year, and you know, eventually he just comes in and he's he's a, he's a great pitcher for them, a great starter for them. Uh, so I, and also it depends on how long Max is going to be out. If he just misses two turns, no big deal. If it becomes a month, maybe it gets a little bit shakier because they they do have depth in that they have guys who can get it done, but they don't have a lot of guys who have got it done. If you know what I mean. So. Um, if he's out for a month or so, it could be a little bit of a bind. But man, this is the Braves. They always try. They always seem to figure it out. Justin, did you feel uh, just listening to the sound that it didn't feel like there was a lot of alarm there? But is that fair to judge this early on? How how bad this could be? Yeah, I mean, reading into it a little bit, we almost expected Snit to say that it was precautionary. And so the fact that he came out and said it was a strained hamstring, it's probably going to be an IL stint was like, I wouldn't call it concerning, but it tells you that there is some level of seriousness to this, that, you know, maybe they just can't call it precautionary. You know, they just can't say, oh, we removed him because of this. But for Max, he, he didn't really project a lot of concern. Um, now, he didn't necessarily, like, shoot it down. He just said he doesn't know if there's going to be an IELTS, and he hasn't heard that far yet. Um, but, yeah, he tweaked it running over to first base. He said that, the cold weather here compared to the hot and humid Florida could have led to him being a little tighter than usual or tighter than he expected. Um, he just, yeah, it, it didn't seem like there was a ton of concern, but I do think it's notable that Snit, you know, who often kind of delegates this stuff, came out and said that there's going to be, you know, an aisle stint. And what I mean by that is that Snit usually is, hey, we'll wait and see. You know, he's not going to project anything too far out. But the fact that he said that Max would miss at least one start uh, is notable. Um, and so, you know, anytime your ace misses time, that's concerning. But there are a lot worse injuries, knock on wood, to happen to a pitcher. Um, and so I, I don't – this doesn't look super, super concerning if he can just miss a couple starts. So if and when Free does go on the IL, who will replace him? Yeah, so the likeliest options would probably be Bryce Elder and Ian Anderson, either one of them, because I don't think Mike Soroka is going to be stretched out enough to take that job uh, for the time being. Now, the Braves have stretched guys out in season, um, and theoretically, if they want to do that, they could, but I would think that Ian Anderson and Bryce Elder are more likely. Now, those two are in the minors, and when you get optioned, you have a 15-day clock. You have to spend a minimum of 15 days in the minors. So that clock started opening day, but because one of those two will be replacing an injured player, they can be recalled um, for Max Fried when he goes on the injured list. Now, Max Fried's scheduled starts, if he were to stay online, would have been April 5th in St. Louis and then April 10th, that first game against Cincinnati. At first, you might think, well, like, could Kyle Wright come back a little bit early from his, you know, two scheduled starts before joining the team? No, because Kyle Wright is not eligible to come off the injured list until April 11th. So the two likeliest options would be Anderson and Elder. Um, and right now, you would have to think that one of them would get both starts unless the Braves wanted to rule out, you know, with an opener for one of those starts. Um, because 
that 15 day clock wouldn't be up. So you wouldn't be able to recall another one of them unless you had another injury. So it's going to be Bryce Elder or Ian Anderson, I would assume, uh, would be the leading candidates. All right, now to what went right. And uh, opening day is a pretty good reminder about all the depth that is at least on this roster, starting with the bullpen having to jump in off the deck pretty quick. And how encouraged do you feel with your depth and what you saw in those games? That was good. That was great, man. And as I said, we you know, came right out of La La Land down in Florida into the <laughs> you know, the grinder that we yeah. go through. But those guys did a great job handing the ball off to each other. Really good. I mean, really, um, <clears throat> you know, have uh, a lot of other guys down there we got a lot of confidence in, too. So um, that was a great job by the bullpen. Michael, five pitchers go five and two-thirds, four hits, one run. Yeah, that was great for the Braves. And you look at the guys who pitched, the Glacius is in there. They're really not even a top four in the pen. And they come in in a game like this where – they didn't expect that they were going to have to cover that many innings, and they and they do it with not much trouble. Uh, McHugh had a little tr- little base running traffic there in his last couple of innings, but he got out of it. Um, so I think that really does show that they have quality depth in that pen, which is uh, another reason to feel okay if 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 Freed is out for a, a decent amount of time because of these young pitchers. You don't know if you're going to get you know seven innings out of those guys, but the Braves have guys who can cover you know four or five innings in the back if they if they need to. And uh, speaking of depth, when you've got an all-star hitting eighth, you've got a pretty deep lineup. Here's Michael Harris. Yes, yeah, like it's no pressure. I mean, anybody, person in front of you, person behind you, can can get the job done. So it's just, just you, you do your job. And I mean, I guess if you don't do your job, then the person behind you might might pick you up. And I mean, that's that's how we are as a team. And we just go out there and try to do our job. And if we do, we do. We don't, we don't. Somebody picks us up, and we try to get wins. There's Mr. Four for Five, Travis Darno. Yeah, that's big for us to get 12 hits and put up seven runs. It was a fun day, and uh, I think more importantly for us to, to get the win on opening day was the best part. When you're a catcher, but you DH, is there a positive effect offensively and not having to do the catching that day? Or I'll let you know. <laughs> it was today, I would say yeah, but you know, yeah, I'll let you know. I'm not sure. Justin, do you think this is going to be good for Travis just to have to worry about being a stick for most of the season? Yeah, yeah, and he'll still catch because um, Sean Murphy's still going to need time down. They can still split time in a way, but Sean's going to get the lion's share, um, and that seems pretty clear. And I think it'll be a good thing for Travis, and it'll help extend his career a little bit. I mean, he'll get off his feet, get off his legs, um, and kind of manage it a little more. And he's got pop in that bat. He, he's a great hitter, and he showed that last year and has shown that at different points throughout his career. Now that he doesn't, ha- he won't have to focus, and he'll still focus on the catching, but he won't be a catcher every time out. I think that is going to help. And Snit thought that there was something to that and said that, hey, you know, the fact that they have two offensive guys there, they can really rotate them in and out. Michael, when you lay all night of them out there like that, it, it is an impressive lineup. And they had traffic on the bases all day long. Yeah, it really is. I mean, you look at today, uh, Murphy and Ozuna really didn't do much, but everybody around them did. I mean, it's kind of the middle of the lineup there didn't do much, but it didn't matter today. Uh, they are a deep team. With a deep lineup, uh, you see the the logic of adding Murphy is he's going to make them um, a lot better defensively behind the plate. And DR knows, like uh, Justin was saying, is going to be a little bit fresher to hit. Um, you know, so that DH spot can, can be good. Uh, today, Ozuna wasn't left because instead of Rosario, but when Rosario's out there, um, if he's, you know, over his eye issues, that's, that's going to make the lineup longer too. So very deep lineup. And as we saw, a uh, deep pitching staff. All right, coming up, we saw the new rules in action. And hey, look, 
And hey, look, it's another contract extension. This is the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, presented by Kroger. When you're looking for leading cardiac treatment, look to Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with five emergency cardiac care centers, so we're here when you need us most. We lead with more than 55 locations in Georgia. That means we're always in the heart of your neighborhood. We lead with clarity, because clear direction is better when it comes to understanding every step of your treatment. Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with heart. Ocean breeze, tropical beach. An air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so we've been telling you all spring training long that we've been running a special offer for you to become a subscriber to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution just for listeners to this podcast. And Friday is the last day that you can get six months of everything the AJC has to offer digitally for 99 cents. Last day is Friday. That's tomorrow as we record this, or today as you hear it. Uh, So you can get everything that the AJC has to offer online at AJC.com, our e-paper, all of Michael's columns, everything that Justin writes on the Braves beat, breaking news, investigations, the rest of our sports team, food and dining, et cetera, et cetera. 99 cents for the the next six months, and Friday is the last day to take advantage of the special deal. So go to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. That is subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast so you always know what's really going on. Michael, first time you've seen the new rules in person, what would you think? Well, Patrick Corbin ruined the pace of play rules today. <laughs> yes, um, he did. <laughs> you, um, we had so many pitching today that it kind of sl- pitching changes today that it kind of slowed everything down. But I think in the long run, the uh, the rules are going to be good because uh, I think a lot of the problem with the long games was just time wasted of guys not doing anything that has anything to do with the game. It's just all the stepping off the mound and stepping out of the play and readjusting that and readjusting this. And I think you kind of saw today that that you got rid of that. If you didn't have the rules today, it would have been an even longer day today. So I like the rules. And it is a historic day uh, because Colin McHugh wins the award for Bray's first pitching clock violation. And this time it's because he didn't finish his warm-up pitches in time. No, I didn't even realize it happened, quite honestly. Um, no, I don't think he's, Colin's been around too long to let something like that get in his head or whatever. Um, and I really I asked about it because I, I just kind of wondered um, – so I'd have to go back and look at the exact time. But, the, you know, that's going to happen. I mean, that's not going to be the last time that happens. Justin, did you know what was going on? Uh, no. I was mostly trying to write my story, and it happened so quickly, which was my fear with these things. Because a lot of times, like if you're watching the broadcast or you're just watching the game, you have some sort of explanation. You see what's going on. But I was writing my story and trying to finish right before, you know, the start of that um, the bottom half of that inning and it had happened right before and MLB game day and MLB.com didn't update for me. So I didn't even know what was going on. I would think it was cool if the umps wore like a mic and could like, kind of like 
dictate some of these things, even to like fans or whatever, just because they don't even call them out on the PA all the time. Uh, so I didn't at the time. I didn't even know what went on. I, I was I was back here watching it at home, and I it was not clear either. I saw the ump put up one finger and make the either one O or O one sign. So I thought, well, it's a violation on somebody. And then uh, Colin McHugh started barking, and the guy went to first on three pitches. So that was pretty clear after that. Yeah, it was all very subtle. It wasn't the big dramatic moment I was hoping for. <laughs> <laughs> where the pitch, where the umpire gets on the uh, on the jumbotron and waves his hands around and points at somebody and said, "You violated it." Yeah, yeah I, want, I want some action. I want some dramatics, man. Well, we did have uh, some dramatics to start the day, and that uh, we kick off opening day with a contract extension, and Orlando Arcia is going to be around for a while. I guess how comforting specifically was it that you you know where you're going to be for the next few years instead of having that be a question? No, contento, contento para no, happy, super happy, and uh, like I said previously, I'm just uh, really grateful for the opportunity to play another three years here. I'm going to give my best effort to make sure that everybody's happy with my three years here too. And that's Orlando Arcia with the Braves interpreter, Franco Garcia, and uh, Justin Alex has uh, given out a lot of extensions over the last 12 months, but this one was more surprising than the rest of them. Yeah, because this was not a big ticket, big name extension like the others have been. The others have been extending players to make them firm parts of the core or cornerstones of the franchise, even in the case of Austin Riley. Um, this one was a little bit different but still important because I think the Braves raised their floor for years to come. And what I mean by that is that they got Orlando Arcia for three years, um, $6.3 million. He's going to make $7.3 million guaranteed because there's a $1 million buyout if the Braves don't pick up the $2 million option for 2026. Uh, but they raised their floor because they got him at such a good value that even if he's only a utility infielder for the majority of his deal – it's still a great price for a utility infielder, um, and this doesn't change the outlook on anything. You know, one of the kids, be it Von Grissom, be it Braden Shoemake, could still come up. Those guys might be better in the long run, but for now, RC is the starter, um, and this is a great value for a starting shortstop if he's going to perform on an average level, let alone a good, you know, utility player. And I think that you have to look at it from this end too. Who have the Braves had? in that spot in previous years. You've had Ryan Flaherty, at least since Anthopolis started. Ryan Flaherty, Johan Camargo, Adrianza, and Charlie Culberson. Those are all guys that perform the utility role. I would take Orlando Arcia um, over all of them. And you, you're seeing that a lot of these guys that get signed each winter or in the middle of February aren't better than or an Orlando Arcia. And so if, the Bra if you're the Braves, you get a good utility infielder at good value. And if you're Orlando Arcia... You get to have security, and you don't have to be one of those guys that eventually, you know, goes year to year on a minor league deal and tries to stick and kind of, you know, pulls the Jose Iglesias dance, if you will. Michael, you all right with us? Yeah, I think it's it's a little weird to commit that many years to a guy that's probably not going to be your, your starter. But I understand uh, Justin's logic behind that is that of the stability for for the club that you don't. He went down the list of guys that they've had in that role, and now you have a guy who's going to stick there. And and the money, I like it because the money's not so much that it's it's burdensome. Like he can be traded. He's the kind of guy that you know other contenders would want. Uh, he can be you know part of a, a salary dump or whatever. Um, 
you're not you're committed to him for three years, but the money's not so much that you're really committed to three years, if you know what I mean. He could you could heck, you could eat that money if you had to in the end. But yeah, he's I don't see him as as the starter long term at all. Uh I think they eventually I mean the one he had the one good year for Milwaukee and since then his his history's been the more at bats you get him, the more he kinda gets exposed. So we'll see how long he can hold that job down this year. But as Justin said, uh as a utility guy, it's not a bad deal. And the one thing to know about this, I know there are a lot of roster geeks and i mean that in the best way that love payroll that love breaking that stuff down so for all you guys the breakdown is he's going to make 2.3 million in 23 2 million in 24 2 million 25 and then that 26 year is the 2 million dollar option with the 1 million dollar buyout so uh fill out your spreadsheets accordingly all right so now time for up next and uh, michael up next is the worst day on the baseball calendar it's the off day after opening day <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of typical. I think they do that in case there's a rain out. But usually, I know the fans hate it. <laughs> you just want the baseball to get going. You get the one game, and now they're off the next day. But I know that beat writers like Justin love it. <laughs> Don't speak for me. I I didn't say it. He said it for me. I didn't. I didn't say it. I didn't say it. I will. I'll say this though. I'll happily take it because it's scheduled. I will make the most of it. Okay, I misinterpreted what he said earlier. <laughs> uh, when we were off there, he seemed a lot more enthusiastic. <laughs> than he does now. Jay, can I throw out our random stat of the day, which is also might be presented by somebody? I don't know. You can read the sponsorships if we have one for this. But our random stat of the day presented by – we'll just do this podcast. Patrick Corbin – the Nationals have lost all of Patrick Corbin's last 11 starts against the Braves, Ooh. dating to 2019. That's over. That's that's almost mm. a dozen games. That's double digits. Wow, they were beating him back when he was good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And unfortunately, last year was not so good and uh, not off to a great start uh, in 2023. But uh, when when we do all return on Saturday, Justin Spencer Strider against Josiah Gray. That's a good that's going to be a good one. Spencer, obviously, if you've listened to my this podcast, you know my pick for NL Cy Young is none other than Mr. Spencer Strider. Uh, yeah, he's looking for a good sophomore season in the majors, um, looking to avoid that sophomore slump. He's as good at the preparation um, for every start as anybody out there. He's honed in on his routine. I think the changeup's going to be better this year. He's got electric stuff. Josiah Gray, good young starter for the Nationals. Let's see if he takes the next step this year. And uh, the Braves really should leave here with three wins. Yeah, I wrote, and I wrote this in my column. I mean, seeing the Nats kind of really makes you appreciate the Braves' death because the eight hitters Darno, and he would, you know, he'd be the he'd be the best hitter on the Nats. <laughs> um, heck, Charlie Morton probably could possibly be their ace with Strasburg out, and Strasburg hasn't been Strasburg in a couple of years either. So, yeah, this is the kind of team that the, the Braves should dominate. You know, the World Series contenders like we all think and believe that they are. Uh, the interesting part about Braves Nats is that it's the two ends of what can happen after you win a World Series. The Nationals win in 19. Two years later, they're basically done, and they're spiraling. The Braves win in 21 and have only continued that with momentum by extending guys, and it just goes to show, one, you have to make the correct front office decisions. They extended those guys, but two, 
they had the scouting and the player development and to kind of strengthen that organizational pipeline so they could do this and they could strike and they could build a core, you know, infused with guys from that World Series team and guys who are new. Yeah, and think about the Nationals. Their farm system is just now starting to get built up. You know, I think to like a top 10, I think it's just now getting to a top 10 level. So it's not like it's not like they they're they're in the, you know, in the latter stages of rebuild. They got a long way to go to be to be a good team. Michael, what's your uh, we did this uh, the other day, but to, before we run off here, what is your prediction uh, for the Braves this year? How far are they going? Oh, see, now you're going to get me talking about the small sample sizes of the postseason. Nobody wants to hear my rap. No, yeah, we <laughs> you're right. We don't. My prediction is that they will win the division. And that they will at least make it to the NLCS. How about that? Ooh. All right. That uh, that sounds good. So we'll uh, something to look forward to as we begin the long march to 162. Braves win the first one, and this will uh, conclude Justin our um, opening week extravaganza of podcast. Uh, we appreciate everybody uh, listening every day, and uh, appreciate Justin putting the effort in to uh, give you guys some good content here to get everybody fired up to start the season. Yeah, we couldn't do it, and it wouldn't be worth doing if you guys didn't listen to it, if you guys didn't enjoy it. Um, so we're glad you guys did. Hopefully we can kind of bring you a range of content like that, some different podcasts. That's, I think, Jay, what we hope to do throughout the year, too. I think you'll see some new stuff from us, some cool stuff from us, some things we experiment with, kind of like we have in spring training. I feel like we've we've experimented with a lot of things since the beginning of spring training, and by our measures by your measures the ones you look at jay they're all going pretty well so we appreciate your guys' support and as always you know we have that survey we're on twitter we don't hide we have thick skin we do accept feedback uh we're we're not going to run away we're tough we do have the survey in the show notes if you want to give us uh, your honest opinion on uh, how we're doing and uh, otherwise uh, we'll be back with you on monday to wrap up the uh, first series of the season so please rate review and follow and share the show we'll talk to you again on monday on the braves report from the atlanta journal constitution When you're looking for leading cardiac treatment, look to Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with five emergency cardiac care centers, so we're here when you need us most. We lead with more than 55 locations in Georgia. That means we're always in the heart of your neighborhood. We lead with clarity, because clear direction is better when it comes to understanding every step of your treatment. Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with heart. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on.